Welcome to another episode of Keeping Fit and Well. I'm your host, KP. So grateful for you joining me and listening to all my podcasts. Thanks so much for people who have been tagging me and also following me on Spotify because it does mean if you click the follow button, then I will not get rejected off of big blue tick guests because that's what happens. You need to have a certain following to get the good guests on. So the more you follow me and support this podcast, the bigger the guests that we can get on. That's good. I'm also sponsored by the podcast Radio Glasgow, who are amazing. And that's why the sound quality is so good. Now, this week we've had in Scotland summer. Summertime has finally arrived here when the schools have went back. So that's good. We've had total pishy rain since like the 25th of June when the school stopped. I mean, torrential, can't keep your hood up, wind blowing, batting off the windows. And then the schools went back and the sunshine has come out. So everyone in Scotland's feeling in a good mood. No pumpkin spice lattes yet. Home bargains has its Christmas stuff. That's what's happening. If you hear a little scraping noise, it's because I'm actually sitting here getting my toes done. Stacey is in the room, so I won't really talk about her anymore. I won't really talk, I won't really chat about her. Um, but I'm getting my toenails done because I don't know, not many of you guys will know, but we actually get married next week. So we get married on Monday and then we fly out to Dubai with the kids on Tuesday. So I can't go with snaggle toenails. I was just asking her there if she would feel embarrassed if I had my toenails out and she said no. So that's nice. So make sure that's in the wedding vow. So anyway, let me go on. This episode is all about low estrogen. Big topic, big topic. Davina McCall, yes, shouting about estrogen and stuff like that. You might find that you are going through a transition where your estrogen levels might be dropping. So this might tick some boxes for you. Um, and I'm going to go through times when estrogen is naturally lower and times when it's not so good. So estrogen is the main female sex hormone. So that's one of the main bad boys. You've got like estrogen, then you've got progesterone, then you've got a bit of testosterone. There's other hormones, but these are the ones that you'll probably be familiar with. So I'm going to start exploring what it means when your estrogen's low. So natural times of low estrogen, the menopause. So that's the kind of most well-known phase when your estrogen levels drop. Perimenopause, your estrogen levels do drop, However, your progesterone levels drop faster. You're on a bit of an estrogen roller coaster when you're in perimenopause. That's why the symptoms can seem quite crazy. And then when you are in menopause, so a kind of roughly about a year after your last period, your estrogen levels will be low, just naturally low. And that's normal use. As mammals, also whales. You know, did you know that? A whale goes through the menopause. But it's a natural thing, you know, it's one of life's processes. So I don't like when I see on Instagram and it seems like a sort of disease, like it's not. In um, Japan and all that, they really celebrate menopause. And back in the day in tribes, menopausal women were just so needed. They were so well kept because they had the wisdom, they helped raise the smaller kids, you know because they had patience, you know what it's like, give it to the granny, granny takes it. Um, so menopause was celebrated, it wasn't just this kind of big disease, this, oh no, this fucking dread thing's happened, your ovaries are going to turn to fucking dust, do you know what I mean? 
So it was actually celebrated. Another time of natural low estrogen, so this is when it's meant to happen, is after childbirth. So estrogen levels can drop significantly, especially in like mums who are breastfeeding. So again, natural time to have lower estrogen, no big deal. During the menstrual cycle, estrogen levels naturally dip. So once you ovulate, that's when your estrogen levels take a little dip towards your next bleed. So when you're in the luteal phase, when progesterone, if you've been lucky enough and you take care of yourself and you ovulate, I'm looking at a lot of blood work there now. And a few of the clients have had low estrogen and low progesterone, which does kind of indicate that there's not any ovulation that's happened. And it isn't good because every time we ovulate, we just bank into that health for when we are in the menopause. You know, our bodies were designed to ovulate and release those eggs and get all the Gucci hormones. And if that's not happening, then there's a whole process in your body that's not happening. So it's important to understand the menstrual cycle if you're still at an age where you're having it, you know, that can be right up to your like 55. So the fact that we don't know, it's fucking terrible, isn't it? I'm always raging when I talk about that. So unnatural times of low estrogen and their causes. So this has happened to me before. I went, wasn't having a period, um, three years pass. But when I was younger, it was like probably happened to me when I was about 19. I was like, fucking, this is brilliant. No period, not really understanding the complications of not having um, a period, a proper period and ovulating. I was crazy AF, by the way, when I look back. But anyway, I went and got all my blood done and stuff like that because um, the blood doesn't lie. And I do suggest, and I'm not selling you the fact that I do blood tests, but a really good client of mine who's a GP, she says it's quite difficult when you go to the GP for a female hormone blood test. It's quite vague. It's quite hard to spot things. So I'm telling you, if you really want answers, then probably better to go private. And I will be opening my books again at the end of September if that's something that you're kind of wanting to do. I think it just clarifies things and draws a line under it. It's on my website and the website will be linked in the show notes and you can just book a blood test. And honestly, just do it so you've got answers. See when you start to do a bit of a guessing game, it could be anything. It's like looking at things and diagnosing yourself off Instagram. Like I have every symptom of anything that can be diagnosed. Do you know what I mean? So I went to the doctors, it came back estrogen low, but then I wasn't having a period because I was really, really under eating. So what it means is it was a really, I had a really, really low body fat for a bird, right? And that fat stores, estrogen produce, is produced in your fat store as well. So fat cells actually produce their own estrogen. So listen, it can be dangerous on the other side of that. So if you're carrying too much timber, you're producing too much estrogen, it puts you at risk of other things, breast cancer, stuff like that. Then your body fat's too fucking low. And then you've got other signs of bad estrogen, low estrogen things. So you have to get that balance. Birds shouldn't be so, so lean. I hate to say it, there you go, I've said it. Just tell Jim, you're not getting abs. Jim, doesn't matter. There's a wee bit of body fat always, and it usually is round about your ovaries. And you'll notice it when maybe your wee, like, girls, if you've got girls, nieces, wee, whatever, they will put on a wee bit of puppy fat because 
their body will naturally make them do that by keeping them up later at night and stuff, increasing their appetite because that's how our ovaries are made. So when you see your kids, maybe they're starting to hit puberty, they might start to carry a wee bit of puppy fat, but it's natural because we need body fat to produce more estrogen. So under eating this mad 1,200 calories, going to fuck about your hormones, don't do it. Right, you should be looking at micronutrients, which is what vitamins and minerals you're getting from the food. See this macronutrient chat, like protein, carbs, and fats, and personal trainers giving you a percentage to follow. It's pish. Like you can make anything fit that, but you've got to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients because your body needs nutrients to thrive. It needs it to make its hormones, and if you're not doing that, it's a big issue. Right? Okay. So that was my mum texting me, telling me that we've got mini padlocks for the case. So there you go. That's exciting Saturday night news for me. Right. Excessive exercise. Oh, no. I ticked that box too. Kidding? This isn't good, is it? So this is what I go on about quite a lot, especially my women in perimenopause, right? Because some of them still have that mindset of training like they were 25, training crazy, doing hit every day at five o'clock in the morning and all that. Now, you're just going to drive your remaining hormones into the ground a lot faster. So symptoms of the perimenopause, you will feel it. Everybody does. Things are changing. But if you're smashing your hormones, then you're going to really, really feel the symptoms. Like, think about getting hit with a wee stone and then think about getting hit with a ton of bricks. So you need to adapt. You need to change. So excessive exercise it does mean it will mess about with your menstrual cycle, which will mess about with your estrogen levels. So it's not good. Surgical removal, right? So if you've had a hysterectomy, then you might find that you're maybe put straight into chemical menopause. That's going to hit you a lot harder because your body, naturally, if you imagine like a little slow descending hill downwards, right? Low, slow. That's how your hormones are meant to drop. Obviously, if you have anything surgically removed, then it's gone. You just literally fall off the side of a cliff. So that's going to hit you hard, low estrogen. Some medications, especially treatments for like breast cancer and stuff like that, usually will have some sort of estrogen blocker in it to block estrogen. So that's kind of like your signs of unnatural and natural low estrogen okay and there's times in life when it's natural and times when it's not so let's hear some symptoms right you're about to tick most of them but don't freak out so menstrual changes so maybe you're not having a period maybe you're not having a period maybe you are missing it or it's irregular that's your menstrual cycle your menstrual changes and that can happen when it's low estrogen right Hot flashes at night and night sweats. It's suddenly feeling like warm. But this isn't just like, ah, oh, I've had a wee bit of a roasting. This is like your whole central nervous system gets lit on fire. Literally, you'll hear people, or if you're experiencing it yourself, it starts from your toes. Right, okay. So that's what that is. Stacey's going to text my mum and tell her to stop messaging me then now. Right? So mood swings are changes in your moods whether it be you're having a high or you're having a low so there's a lot of things that happen here you can actually go to the doctors and be given antidepressants so I mean when we're going through these changes I've had loads of women talk to me and saying oh 
you know, I just haven't satisfied with life anymore or I'm struggling maybe with their man when they weren't before. Maybe they're like, just maybe don't have the same tolerance anymore, you know. So these moods do fluctuate with your estrogen levels. So anxiety, depression and mood swings are affected by neurotransmitters and estrogen in the brain, right? It's majorly linked. So this is crazy to me when people go to the doctors and one, they don't get a blood test, so you don't really know where they are, right? You don't have a clue what you're doing, what's going on, to even then diagnose somebody and give them a prescription for antidepressants, which are actually very difficult to come off. So when your estrogen is low, it's kind of your vitality hormone, you know. All your hormones should sit where they're meant to sit. So say your progesterone's low, you'll also get things like mood swings and anxiety. But when it's you imagine in perimenopause when things are going up and things are going down, you know, you need to kind of manage yourself through that, support your body through it. So another one that's quite big when your estrogen is low is fatigue. Fatigue feeling kind of unusually tired. Now, fatigue's a funny one because when you read it, you're like, I'm fatigued all the time. If you've got kids, you're fatigued. If you work, you're fatigued. You watched something on Netflix last night. You stayed up later. You're fatigued. You're fatigued. But it's unusually tired. So if you're absolutely shattered, you're exhausted, then we could look at things like your estrogen levels. But again, see a blood test. This would just clear it up because it could be your adrenal glands. So what if your adrenal glands are burnt out? What if your progesterone's low? Or what if it's low estrogen? So again, get that blood test and then you'll be able to just go, right, now I can now I know what I'm dealing with. Sleep disturbances, difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, often linked with night sweats, good fun, sweating during the night, pyjamas soaking, especially if you're wearing silk, just can't wear silk anymore, night sweats. Right, so that all happens. Memory, concentration issues, I have that quite a lot too. So some women may experience cognitive changes, including forgetfulness, putting your fucking car keys in the freezer, where the car keys, and you're just doing it more often, going into the room, do you ever go into the room and not know why you're here? I came in this room for something, don't know, difficulty concentrating. A lot of ADHD diagnoses going about. Is it hormone related? Is it the time you are in your life? You know, difficulty concentrating. I think I think that everyone has difficulty concentrating in today's world. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you're usually on your phone or you've got a to-do list or you need to answer an email. Like everybody just wants something, don't they? You're busy. It's very unusual if you can just like get up do a bit of yoga, do a bit of breathing, watch the sunrise. Like, I know what it's like, man. Life is fast-paced. So if you've got difficulty concentrating, is it the lifestyle factors or is it hormone-related or is it as something like ADHD? Oh, the next one. If I had a penny, use if I had a penny. Vaginal dryness. This is a fucking nightmare, this, by the way. So estrogen's dropping, the vagina starts to dry out. Itching, horrific, discomfort, of course, your vagina is so dry. Sex with your man or whoever, not good anymore. I don't know if it was good to start with, but now it's much worse, right? Because there's like, there's no lubricant there. 
So your man's getting raging, you're fucking sore as fuck. The vaginal dryness. And if your man is like obviously cares a lot about you, you would have to discuss this stuff. Don't be embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? Like vaginal dryness, it doesn't mean you don't fancy your man anymore. This is a natural thing. Estrogen's the moisture hormone. It's on the way down. It's gone. It's on the way out. So yeah, vaginal dryness, Jim, fucking deal with it. Reduce libido. This is one of the things I'm going to do as a masterclass in the membership. A decline in sexual desire can be linked to reduced estrogen levels. Another bit, it's a bit of an issue, isn't it? Another issue there. We can't, we can't be arsed with sex. We've got vagina dryness. Like, do you want to just sit and watch the telly? You know what I mean? It's tough. It's really tough. Another one, if I had a penny for this chat, it would be this one. Pissing problems, don't know why. Pissing problems. So increased needing to pee. It's a weird one. It's true. So I'll be your lesson. This is me, I have this. Frequently having to pee all the time, not being able to hold it in as well, maybe becoming a wee bit incontinent. Again, is it the estrogen being low? Well, I'm telling you the symptoms, but if you don't want to guess, then blood test time. Dry skin, dry hair. You might notice this even if you are still having a period at certain times of the month. You're like, ah, look at me. I look fucking brilliant. Then other times of the month, you're like, ah, fucking hair looks like a scarecrow. What happened to me? Why is the hair so dry? Estrogen plays a massive role in skin and hair health. So a drop in estrogen, it can lead to drier skin and drier hair. What do you think of that? It's good, isn't it? Now, I've said it before, what do men get? Men get a midlife crisis, okay? I get older men come to train with me who are starting to ask me about fake tan. So it's, they do get something, girls, they do get something. Sore breast tenderness, we've got that. So some women might experience tender or breast pain due to hormonal changes. This kind of more happens with fluctuations. So estrogen going high, estrogen going low. You might find this is happening in perimenopause. Another one, obviously, because I'm training women, is the joint pain because you think about it obviously your moisture hormone is estrogen and your joints are starting to dry out a wee bit so you might find a wee bit creaky in the old joints the loss of bone density so i mean that's why it's very important to ovulate because you're stopping things like bone density um heart disease you know and if you're not ovulating you need to find out why and you need to start ovulating so palpitations as well again something that can occur in perimenopause it can be quite scary all of a sudden to get these heart palpitations and then if you get heart palpitation if you've ever suffered one I have your heart rate can race to about like 210 and it's quite scary you know if you don't know what's happening so this can kind of turn into a panic attack understandably your heart is racing for no reason what the fuck's going on you're just in the queue at March and Spencer's or whatever you are and you've got a major heart palpitation that's just came from nowhere again linked to estrogen levels it's your hormones isn't it amazing although quite scary how much your hormones can totally shape the landscape of your life it's fucking bonkers isn't it and then we're not taught about it but don't worry because guess what today you're listening to this podcast and hopefully you're in the membership and you're learning all about this stuff because listen there's nobody else that's going to teach it it's your responsibility now headaches migraines hormone fluctuations can trigger migraines or like just give you, exasperate a headache. 
What drink of that? So maybe if you get migraines, maybe if you suffer them, you need to find out your triggers with them. So my best advice to you would be to keep a journal. Is it happening in ovulation? Is it happening the day before ovulation? Is it happening the day before your period? This will give you clues to what hormone is just not right there. So, I mean, that was fun chat there, wasn't it? Telling you about all that. Dry vagina. Dry hair as well. Wow, that's good. So I'm going to tell you some things that I would do to help these symptoms. Firstly, I definitely would be looking at the blood test just so you know where you are. So next thing, so can you do anything with your diet to like help stuff that goes on inside your body? Like does eating things really have an effect in your body? Can you heal yourself with the food that you're eating? Yes, you can for fuck's sake. So phytoestrogens, so these are plant compounds that mimic estrogen in the body so foods rich in phytoestrogens include these things this is cool by the way isn't it that there's actual plants that mimic estrogen in the body i have a friend that she's very planty eats all the plants fermented stuff older she's like maybe mid 50s maybe 60 actually breezed the menopause she said because she was doing a lot of this stuff these phytoestrogens so i'm going to run through these things Flaxseed, easy. Bit of Greek yogurt, full fat, remember? Because fat is good for your hormones. If MD's telling you to do low fat, then message them abuse. Just go, why are you doing that? Courtney Black. So flax seeds, mix it in with your full fat Greek yogurt, put it on your eggs. It's quite a savoury taste. So it's not getting, you won't, I mean, it's like wee bits, but you won't be like, oh my God, that's pure abrasive, that taste. So get the flax seeds, get involved with that. Soy, now not soya. Soya is sprayed. Soya milk's very processed. It's not good for your hormones just because it's full of shit, right? But soya, like it's fermented. So that is all right. Lentils, we love lentil soup over here in Scotland, chickpeas, beans. That's just a couple of things. There is a big, big list of it. A diet rich in whole foods, fruits, vegetables, grains is really, really good for your hormone health. Things that are natural, that you can pick from a plant, you can pluck from the ground. Like anything that nature made has usually got some sort of benefit to you. Isn't that cool? Herbal remedies. Now, personally, you've got to have all the lifestyle things in place. Do you exercise at a normal pace? Do you have an exercise plan that you follow and you're not just willy-nilly picking things off of the Instagram, you know? Is your training mainly focused on weight training? Because that obviously helps us build strength and muscle, good for the metabolic health. So that's what I'm looking for, you know, that healthy lifestyle. And I'll tell you, my clients that do live a healthy lifestyle, I see with my own eyes that going through any sort of hormonal transition is better. So let's get the training. What's it like? What's your activity like during the day? Are you sitting all day on a chair? Because that's not good. Are you walking out in nature? Because that is good, right? So it's that lifestyle stuff. The eating, are you home making your food? Or are you buying a whole load of processed shit that you're banging in the microwave? What one would you say is going to be better for your hormone health? Now thinking that hormones are actually made up from what we're eating, the cells of your body are made up from the food that you're eating. So if you are feeling symptoms and your diet is really crap and it's full of processed stuff that was made by a wizard, 
then I'm not fucking surprised, really. Don't be sliding into my DMs that tell me, asking why you're bloated, do you know what I mean? If you had a caramel wafer for your breakfast or if you had Nutella on a fucking slice of horrible white bread and then wonder what's going on, do you know what I mean? So, black cohosh is often used to relieve menopause symptoms, in particular, hot flashes. Now, I've had mixed reviews with it, to be honest. A couple of my clients, yes, brilliant. They noticed a difference. A couple of them haven't. So I'm guessing it's just depending on the person. And remember, supplements and herbal remedies need about three months to get full into your system. So it can't be you doing it for two days and going, oh, well, that's not what, that's just been a waste of money. Because you need to give things a shot. That's what I say to the girls in the membership quite a lot. Like there'll be times you want to give up. There'll be times you're not consistent, but you have to just keep going forward with it. You can't just give up when things get hard. So the same with the supplements. And there's a good thing if you keep forgetting to take things like herbal remedies or supplements, do what's called stacking habits. So say you make a coffee every single morning, then stack the supplement habit with that. So why don't you leave the supplements next to the coffee so when you go to make your coffee, as you do every morning, you'll see the supplements and that's called habit stacking. It's quite a good little hack to actually be consistent with supplements. Evening Primrose, it's quite a good one. It's it's known to help alleviate symptoms of low estrogen and especially good for the sore boobs and the mood swings. Again, it's something you need to take consistently to feel the difference. Lifestyle management, so you've got stress, chronic stress can lead to hormonal imbalances, including the estrogen levels. So you really need to take relaxation as if it's a must, like something you must do. You must relax. It's not like I get to relax. It's a little luxury for me. You have to try and work on those cortisol levels, especially in perimenopause, because you are more sensitive to stress. Your tolerance isn't the same. You'll probably feel it maybe feel a bit ratty, do you know what I mean? So you've got to try and bring those cortisol levels down. Remember, cortisol is not only spiked by just stress, but also the food that you're eating, sugar, spikes of cortisol, over-exercising, late nights, being totally in fluorescent light all the time when it should be night time, endotoxins, the shit you're spraying on yourself that's poisonous, like all these things contribute to how you're feeling. So you've got to take charge of it. Maintain a healthy weight. So remember about I was saying yeah, my body fat was too low. But again, if your body fat is too high, then you're producing too much of a hormone. You need to just get that balance right. And there is a sweet point for everybody. I do hear people, I can't lose any more weight than this. Then that's your sweet point, you know. And whatever you're doing with your lifestyle is sustainable then. See if you're kind of up and down yo-yoing and you're doing a 28-day cut every fucking however many months. That is not good for your body to be doing that because every time you're doing that and you're dropping down to whatever weight you got to on the 28th day, your hormones all adjust to that. Then what you were doing is probably not sustainable. If it was for 28 days, you know, in day 48, your hormones then have to readjust to you putting more weight back on. And then you're in this sort of yo-yo. And again, that really bumps up the cortisol levels so you need to do things with a wee bit of balance you know some of my girls think they need to be totally saintly and never look at a chip again don't even look at a chip never mind fucking put it near you so that's not true but you should be doing mostly good things each day getting that one percent better and then me and Stacey had a kale salad last night right goat's cheese and all that pomegranates pine nuts see tonight 
We have it once a week. We had a little sourdough pizza, goat's cheese on it with some of these nice, lovely chips, vinegar, fucking salt, delicious. We love it. Now, I'm in good shape. That's not really affecting me. If I was having a pizza every third day, I okay, for fuck's sake, that's going to have some sort of effect on you. But having it once a week, no, of course not. But it's all about that balance, isn't it? So I just said it earlier on, watching those endotoxins, so those things that are causing disruptions in the hormones, you don't really need that. Life is disruptive enough without adding into it. So again, I use the Think Dirty app. I'm just very cautious with chemicals, harsh chemicals, like for example, the sun cream we're taking as a natural one. I'm just careful because remember the skin, what goes on the body goes in the body. Um, I watch plastics. I said on my Instagram the other night, if you're not following me, it's at K-P-I-N-G fit. I was saying on my Instagram the other night, um, the glass bottle instead of having the plastic because those toxins are leaching themselves into the water and you're drinking it. No. So I'm careful with things like plastic, especially if you're banging plastic in the microwave for your wee prep meals, whatever the fuck you're up to. Be careful of that. That ain't good. That's not good at all. So what else would that do? Personally, I'm a big, huge believer in things like acupuncture. Because I've seen it with my own eyes, I've seen loads of people there. I get it done myself um, and have had amazing results from acupuncture. Really works on kind of the central nervous system, the digestive system, the organs of the body. It's fucking fantastic. So if you are somebody that's suffering, your lifestyle's good and you want to maybe take it to the next level, then I would suggest some acupuncture. Again, not a quick fix. The next one is the bioidentical hormone therapy. So there's lots of bioidentical hormones, plant estrogens, um, things that your body can recognize and use in the body so sometimes when we put synthetic things in we tend our body has side effects to these which obviously we would want to avoid so you need to basically get bioidentical hormones and then you can speak to your doctor about that and make sure if you are on an estrogen cream patch whatever that your body will be able to recognize that and especially if you're on a progesterone as well and it's progesterone and it's not spelled progesterone, which is I-N-E. You can Google the side effects and the effects of both. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope you get something from it, you know. And again, if you're sitting there guessing, then message me, maybe get something booked in. The doors to my membership are closed, but I will be opening up a waiting list soon because I'm going to be opening it back up in 2024. If you didn't join, what do you think about what you think, kid? Anyway, enjoy your day and the next time you hear from me, I might be married. You never know. See you soon. Bye.